0: Philosophy, Descartes, Debate, Ah. The Mepropod, 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 The Awesomest Discussion Podcast in the History of the Human Species, oh yeah!
1: Let me tell you, i need an interview with an old man emu He's got a beak and feathers and things But the poor old fetter ain't got no wings Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? No, well, the eagle's flying round and round To keep my two feet firmly on the ground Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you I can run the pants of a kangaroo He can't fly, but I'm telling you He can run the pants of a kangaroo in that yeah. case,
0: welcome to MEP Report number 153, August 29th, 2017. That's right, we are all here. We have not been consumed. It's the end of the Gulf Coast as we know. I now. know, oh my god. You know, I was thinking about this
2: and... I'm coming uh, to you live from a boat. It's actually <laughs> of a plank of wood. Out on the river.
3: So you guys are actually getting a decent amount of rain, even though you're not in the path of the tropical depression or anything.
2: Well, it right? is the path of the... Tro- I mean, it's not the it path is. path. We're not in the eye. Mm-hmm. But we are getting the runoff. You know, the runoff is covering, like, the whole gulf now. So, you know, yeah, we're getting some of it. It is not that bad. It would not be anything to even worry about, but for the fact that our pumps are all shut down and they lied about it. So now that they've stopped lying about it, they started closing things because...
3: By pumps, you mean offshore drilling, or what What do you- No,
2: I mean- the, the things levees, right? Get the water out of the bowl uh... that is below sea level that we call New Orleans, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only reason that this is not a lake full time is because we have pumps to get the stuff that is 40 feet below sea level dry again, um, which is most of the city. So now that the pumps aren't working, like it rained, you know, we had an afternoon thunderstorm and a thousand people lost their cars. This happened two weeks ago. And then they lied and said, the pumps are fine. What do you mean? That's normal. <laughs> Everybody loses their cars over now. <laughs> what are you talking but about? But I thought 92% of them were
0: functional or something. Is that not true?
2: Yeah, no. It's something like, yes, it's not literally all the pumps. If it were literally all the pumps, I actually would be on a raft right now. But it's like, yeah, it's like it's like a good chunk of the pumps. It's like a tenth or a twelfth of the pumps. But that's that makes a big difference. Yeah. Because that tenth or the twelfth of the city does not have the ability to drain water so yeah
3: You know, it's it's funny you mention that because the improv team named Pumps just finished its run at iOS last week. So I think that's uh, really relevant. So they also stopped. Yeah, Yeah. all All the pumps 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 also stopped.
2: (laughs) Also, shoes are breaking down all over the place.
0: Well, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, that Trump's wife was walking onto a plane uh, to go down and tour Texas in these massive stilettos. So a lot of people were joking that she had gotten the wrong impression when they said they needed pumps. Uh, down there. So it's it's pretty bad. Like it's, it was, it was, uh, it was a pretty bad situation. I thought about the fact that the, we started this show back in 2005 and mm. when well, you started in 2005, of course, a year well known for as story well knows hurricane yes. Katrina and the impact that it had on new Orleans. And so here we are, uh, 12 years past heck of a job, Brownie and all that. Um, and I actually found out this is something I did not know. But did you know there were people were sort of amazed to discover that the head of FEMA is, you know, vaguely supposedly competent, which coming from, you know, the Trump administration is sort of a, you know, it's an upset in itself, right? Like the idea that he got somebody that wasn't. Either A, Russian, or B, giving him money directly to his foundation, like by which we mean him, is sort of amazing. But uh, apparently the reason that happened, the reason he was competent, is that there is a law that was put in place that obligates someone to have a minimum of five years of emergency management experience, like direct emergency management, before you can take over FEMA. So basically, he must have been like, all right, I need to go look around for the most corrupt. And surprisingly, when you get to like, I'm sure they're out there. And I don't know. This guy will see whether he's any good or not. But it's not as easy to be corrupt. Like, it's not the usual path for corruption, right? Like, if you're a mob boss, you don't go, the first thing we're going to do, boys... Is we're going to spend five years in disaster management? Like it's just not that's that's not generally the path that you take. You know, maybe like gar, running garbage or like you know like a garbage uh, waste management company or like money laundering. You know, maybe that's what you do, but you don't go off and start emergency management. So apparently, sort of miraculously, we stumbled into a guy who was halfway decent. None of which would help when you're dealing with a hurricane. Of this size and intensity w- across an area that is the fourth largest city in the United States, you know yeah, we were watching like,
3: so. um, one of the many streaming news channels that we have access to uh, to follow this stuff, and there was one news report that made a very weird analogy. Uh, they just apparently had extra time in the graphics room where they they showed a picture of the Empire State Building as like some kind of avatar of a of a big building that everyone knows about, and they're like, this storm has dumped thirty three thousand. Empire State Buildings worth of water <laughs> all over Texas. Was this, like, was, was this a New York local station? Is this a New York local station? Because it <laughs> I, sounds like think, something they would do. You I know? think it was just CNN. It's like Atlanta based station it has nothing to do with New York. What? That's and so it was weird. Just, like, what? Does that help me to conceptualize it better? Oh,
2: million reams of paper. <laughs> oh, of yeah. Have been yeah. poured. Imagine the trees <laughs> that go into the reams. Of... Okay, let me start over. <laughs> 42 million wolves. <laughs> if they just... all no, wolves ears. Their blood and it were water. Okay. It
3: still seems like a lot, right? A lot, it still guys. just seems still like a lot.
2: lot
3: and that, that got me, not the Empire State Building, That no, was just nonsense, but this, the concept of this massive amount of water that is currently crushing all of the Houston infrastructure, and I hear that there are bridges and roads that are in danger of collapse because of the weight of this water, um, just makes me think, like, you know, we have a freshwater crisis in most of the country, and most of this water that's being dumped from the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico into Texas right now is either going to be instantly polluted via flood water, you know, or just drain back into the ocean eventually. And uh, why can't we figure that out? Why can't we get the infrastructure that moves the water to where we need it? Why can't we move 33,000 Empire State Buildings worth of water to Arizona? Right. You would think, well, I mean,
0: there. look, if they were, here's the key. I, I think we all agree that if they were able to move the blob after being frozen by helicopter to the North Pole, I don't see any reason why they couldn't do this. Yeah. So they were
3: able to take a uh, wipe down from the wall all the way to King's Landing without anybody getting eaten.
0: Right. Spoilers. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to do this.
2: No, I've been advocating a pipeline from New Orleans to California for for years down here because the the difference in the attitude about water that like everyone is like, oh water (laughs) whereas in california it's like dune right it's like you can't even spit you know that's such a waste that is only for saving babies that's the only reason we use water
3: here yeah if you were the mayor of like palm desert or phoenix or something like that that should just be your life's mission is to get a water pipeline built from a place that doesn't care
2: i'm like we build enough pipelines in this country and they all spill toxic stuff like if the water spills halfway through if it spills into i mean OK, if it spills in Texas, bad today. But like in general, <laughs> like if it spills in El Paso, OK, oh, no, there's a little water like it's the cleanest pipeline you could possibly run. Just right. It already.
0: But that's but that, right. you know, maybe we've been thinking about this all wrong. If we can fool the powers that be into thinking that finally the environmentalists are on board with pipelines, we're like, all right, guys, we we're down. <laughs> you know we didn't want Keystone XL, but we'd like to bring to you. The power of Aqua Blue XL. They're like, why is it called Aqua Blue? Well, never mind that. Let's just talk about how big the pipeline is. It's a big pipeline. It's huge. It crosses over many states. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know, you might have to get like the indigenous peoples. Oh, oh, yeah. You know. And then they're like, why are all the uh, tribes allowing this pipeline through? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they've seen the light. (laughs) I mean, like, that's the key. Just keep them guessing until the pipeline actually opens, and they're like, why is that clear blue stuff? Wait, wait, why is that not? Dark oil. What is going on here? You know, that's what we need. We need uh...
3: everybody that's not on a great lake or the Gulf really likes water.
0: Uh
2: Uh-huh.
3: And those other people are just indifferent Mm -hmm. to
0: it. It is. It is true because you think about like that's I mean, the sight of anything given sort of the, what droughts and stuff like that was, think about the wildfire situation even, right, that we had in California a a couple of years ago um, and multiple years. But I mean, I'm just thinking in particular, just, you know, you bring something over and like that amount of water would have been heaven, you know, miraculous heaven to them. And
3: well, it also seems like, isn't
0: this like the main, I mean, other than just it
3: getting hotter, isn't this kind of the main consequence of climate change, which is that you get these, you get droughts and superstorm systems. And then so isn't it? I mean, yes, we want to solve the problem at its root and all that, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. So maybe we can just get the engineers all excited and start rerouting all this extra water to the places that need it.
0: Right. Because and you're right, because that's that, of course, is the key. Like somebody said that this is like the third or fourth in quotes, 100 year or 500 year event in like the last six years. Weather-wise. And of course, the reason for that is that it's not that this hurricane was specifically created by climate change. It's that this is going to happen much more often. And it was made worse because of the warmth of the water in the coast and all the things that we already know that every sensible person knows already, you know, and, and yeah, so it, it clearly is sort of climate change affected. But in the meantime, we need to i mean we've done this before guys we've come up with solutions that clearly given the current circumstances the sort of logical solutions don't work and so we've come up we, we've thought outside the box and that's how we ended up with civil war reenactors in the middle east and stuff i mean you know we do that by by working by appealing to people's novelty we we can't you know it's not easy to appeal to people's logic so we appeal to their novelty like guys this is unusual you know this is a you know, unusual situation it occurs situation.
3: to me that because well, a I don't know if you have noticed as a MEP report listener that the website and everything was actually like disappeared for a little while and it ceased to exist and we've just recently resuscitated I blame it.
2: Flooding, climate, yeah, based yeah
3: flooding. really,
0: climate change had a lot to do with that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Internet
3: flooded; there were right. too many internets everywhere. Right, and it
0: was a hundred-year-like event that the map report was brought yeah. down. So, but know. it's
3: like you know as. You usually we're kind of behind the news cycle in terms of trying to talk about things, but the, just the, the the fever pitch of things that have been happening recently, like yeah. it's, it's almost impossible to catch up since the last time that we were all talking about things. I You're, mean, yeah. we we are so far past like a near race war at the UVA campus. (laughs) I know. It seems like ancient history.
0: I know. And like any number of things, like, you know, let's pardon a racist 85-year-old sheriff and how about healthcare that almost was collapsed except for a guy who got brain cancer and decided that he would suddenly miraculously vote no on something. You know, whatever. Like, there are just so many things to talk about. And yeah, I was thinking about how, obviously, we would all like to be recording more often and, you know, we'll try when we can. But in a way... (laughs) There was, i mean, it was almost like we just had to to watch things happen so we could just summarize, you know. So, like in summary, um, you know, uh, Robert Mueller is searching in every particular nook and cranny, and uh, in summary, um, our white racist president is losing many of his white racist advisors because they're they're sort of dropping like flies around him, and in summary, we have a massive storm of epic biblical style proportions, and you know. I mean, all these things are happening more or less at the at, at the same time. And so we just kind of have to summarize what, what is out there and, you know, and novel solutions, uh, as I say.
3: I, I was watching this um, YouTube channel that I came upon randomly. It's called The Caspian Report. And okay. it seems like these uh, Russian-based or or just maybe Russian ethnically, you know, national producers, I don't know where they're based now, um, give like a very utilitarian uh geopolitical point of view for every region in the world. So there's one for India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. There's one for Russia. There's one for North America as a whole. Uh, There's one for Japan. It's like fascinating. And the one, and the one that they did for the U S was from last year where um, I guess Trump had just been inaugurated. He hadn't done anything yet. And they predicted like a lot of the, the major uh, goals of the campaign, like they predicted very accurately. They're like, um, he'll try to dismantle Obamacare, um, but there'll be a long legal battle associated with it. and It'll take a long time. Uh, he'll, tr- you know, Obama passed all these new regulations near the end of his last year in presidency, um, protecting um, environmental protections and various other regulations. And just the 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 act of unraveling those, which is part of Trump, will will take like a year or two. So he predicts that in the first year or two of Trump's presidency, he'll kind of be bogged down in the legal morass of trying to, to undo a bunch of these things that he opposes. Right. And it was like, other than the news cycle stuff and the insanity and the megalomania, like in just in terms of the policy like points, he was like spot on one after another, after another. Uh, The only thing that he didn't predict was, was just the general PR incompetence that this administration has exhibited. Right. Uh, Cause that, that seems to have, Completely overshadowed whatever they're trying to do successfully or unsuccessfully, um, you know. And they they do have some some policy goals, but like you know, the the infrastructure bill was something that the video talked about, which Trump just recently. But but that whole thing got lost because post the yeah he was, uh, press conference about the infrastructure yeah. bill, he you know he he equivocated white nationalists. Right, he was and too Nazis busy justifying nazism. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: But it was, it's so funny that like. You could have predicted exactly everything that he did, except for all the ways in which he wasn't able to just handle himself as a politician or as a public figure.
0: There is an argument to be made, which, the of course, I've, I've often said one of my favorite lines from the Greeks is character is destiny. And that the thing that sort of brings you to a certain place is also the thing that kind of brings you low. Because the reason, I mean, you know, he got elected because of election hacking and because of a way outdated electoral college system, and multiple reasons. But, um, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm of events. But. The reality is that to the extent that his, you know, base, which is maybe 25 percent, you know, of of the uh, maybe say 30 percent of the electorate. Which is basically less, you know, and since the electorate is only about 50% of the population, we're talking about a smaller subset, you know, than that. But that 30% to maybe 26, 27% of the sort of hardcore base, they liked him precisely because he said a bunch of stupid crap that they wished they could say. But every time they said it, everyone looked at them like they had two heads and was like, what century are you living in? And so they were embarrassed. And this guy, because he has no embarrassment gene, because he's, you know, a narcissistic sociopath, just, you know, spews out whatever he wants, which is great when he's trying to get elected. But then he gets in there and he's like, now I'm going to be a narcissistic sociopath. And, you know, a lot of the people around him, the you know they they many of them enable narcissistic sociopaths but they are not themselves narcissistic sociopaths at least that's not how you run policy so granted they you know believe a lot of the things that he believes but they just he's way too not nice about it but that's why Jeb Bush doesn't get elected and he does because Jeb Bush is quiet about his racism and you know like Trump is just straight up up in front about what he actually believes and so as a consequence in a way that ended up setting someone up who would be utterly incompetent like i mean is anyone surprised that this guy is way over his head and has no idea what he's doing and you know a guy who has no intellectual curiosity and hasn't for 30 years and how, i mean like, this is not a shock to anybody that he's do this bad do you at think
2: it. jeb bush really you know? doesn't believe the same things i think he no does. i said he does i, he does I just said he does say, right? i don't know
0: no, i just said he does i said he does yeah. believe the same things okay. but he doesn't but but trump is
2: stupid enough to say it out loud that's that's or the smart point. enough because he beat jeb bush i mean he's sitting in well, the white house right i don't know if we can definitively call that stupid from the perspective of someone who wants power right? there's
0: a difference between getting elected though and being able to do anything when you're there like and the problem is that yeah, you know that's he's definitely true you know we the, the, somebody said that you know we elected nazis to office and it's fortunate that it turned out to be hogan's heroes like that like they are
2: the most incompetent group of people, if, if you, and that in a well, way- it's not, Okay, so you know, to so. be fair, it's not just incompetence, right? Because this was very predictable. It's also that the entire country, the rest of the country that is not the, you know, 18% or whatever else that can be called his base, is like firmly against his agenda. That's true, and they're openly so, and they're open and, about it. That's and true. That That's it true. spurred people into remembering what they don't like about American policy that happens routinely, but they're just reminded of it in a way they can't ignore it. Yeah, when Trump is talking about it. I so, agree with that. I think you know. So I do think that like, which is what I always said about like when people were like, "Oh my God, the Trump administration is going to be horrible," and I'm like, "It's going to sound horrible." <laughs> I don't think it's going to do much. Well, this and I don't problem, think
0: it's done really anything. The problem, though, is that I mean, forget about what the international stuff has done. You know, the escalation again, same, same, same old, same old. Tonka trucks, and now we have the North Korea situation as usual. But leave that aside. There's also the fact that for you know immigrant populations, his his election has been horrific, like on the ground horrific, like you know people getting deported horrific in the thousands and thousands and thousands, and that's not going to affect us directly, three white men, but it clearly is affecting immigrants and non citizens in an enormous has way. He
2: deported anywhere near so, as many people as Obama did? Yes,
0: yet? it's not even close. It's not even close.
2: I, you know, Obama set a record, right?
0: Yes, I know that Obama okay. set a record, but you okay. also know that the, the record that he set had very little to do with the literally the number of undocumented people that are people walking into their homes and taking them out. You realize he wasn't doing that, right? Like they weren't, the ICE was not doing what is being done now, just full stop at all.
3: So the the tactics are uh, a little bit more invasive currently because a lot you know, more invasive. They're they're going to police uh, uh, police stations and jails and, and just churches rounding, and hospitals and, and, and
0: up. yes and schools and rounding them up on the streets and following them home from their cars, which is the reason that the immigration experts, you know, who weren't necessarily wild about all the stuff going on in the Obama administration. Have never come even close to comparing them to what this guy is doing because it's not close. Like, and that's that's the one problem because that C is sort of it's not out of the purview of Congress, but it's not. He can do a lot before Congress gets around to fixing whatever it is that he's doing, right? There's limited stuff that he can do on many fronts, but he has almost unlimited power with foreign policy, or at least a lot of it. And he has very significant power over immigration policy. And in fact, one thing that might come out of this that is a good thing is that if one thing that this does is reduces the impact of a unitary executive, like if this this weakens the presidency... Again, it's not worth all the people that he's hurt in the meantime, but that would be a really good silver lining because, you know, despite Mm -hmm. our disagreements on this show about Obama, um, you know, Obama was a – you know, I'm I'm not going to get into it. I think he's a great president. But regardless of whether you think he's good or great, the reality is that most people understood him to be competent and understood him to be, you know – exceptionally good at representing sort of imagistically, at least, you know, the United States around the world. Oh, he's very likable. Um, he's very
2: palatable. And as I, a yes.
0: You know, so and but the problem is, so for every Obama that you get in there, they're like, oh, good. Well, he has all this power, but it's Obama, so it's fine. Then you get, oh, good. But then we got Mussolini, like Hogan's hero is Mussolini, and that's not so fine. So I would rather that we have, frankly, a weaker executive just so that we don't have to worry about morons like this that get into office again you know like if i'd rather that i mean again not worth the sort of cost but so yeah
2: i i agree with you i agree with you i think overall like trump in spite of himself will have a positive impact trump's existence and very much in spite of himself (laughs) have (laughs) a positive impact but i think his existence will have a positive impact on the country overall just to fact check though from usa today which is not a right-leaning breitbart type of thing Quote, in the final three months of the Obama administration, the agency averaged 22,705 de- deportations per month. That number has consistently fallen under Trump, with the agency averaging 16,895 from February through June, reaching its lowest point in June.
0: So I hate I hate to bring this up, but there is such a thing as unreported and undocumented. And I am getting my information from not one, but three immigration lawyers on the ground, Who are seeing this happen with direct statistics to back it up i can't go into it because i'm not at liberty to talk about that stuff but it's just it's just a reality it's undocumented and that's the frightening thing there are many people that have been killed that you will never hear about ever so it's he has been a horrific horrific like again not hyperbole to say that it's a fascist event straight up so uh you know and i just there's a difference between you know significant differences in policy and a person who is a literal murderer, and that's what he is. So I mean, every I just, president's a murderer. Well, okay, time. fair enough. That's fair enough. Fair, but like, but, yeah. fair enough. But I mean, right. you know, like, he is the a role
2: of the presidency is is to murder. a murderer. I don't. Okay, I don't agree with that. But <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: let's avoid the hyperbole just a touch. Uh, but I, that's what a,
2: hyperbole? I, he literally woke up in the morning, had a list of people to kill, and said, "Kill these people." Like that is that is as murdery as you can get, right? Like you can argue, like. I mean, just to be clear, like, uh, you know, because this is something that we gloss over in politics all the time, because I think that the hyperbole that has come with the difference of Trump between other people has just thrown into relief how, like, drone strikes, massive bombing, massive whatever else has just been, like, normalized to the point where, you know, whatever, and they're like, oh, but Trump, this is not normal. I'm like, no, it's become normal. You just don't like Trump because he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not palatable. And he is. He's an awful person. He's a racist. I'm not defending Trump. But he has highlighted, I think, things that are larger problems with America, not that are problems unique to Trump. Right. And, and you cannot tell me that every U.S. president has not murdered thousands of people. Like, you just can't tell me that, uh. sincerely.
0: I I just think I think they were getting into definitions way beyond what it what it normally is. I just there is, you know, you and I have a difference of opinion about, you know, you know, your view would be that the killing of anyone is murder. And I just don't agree Mm -hmm. fundamentally. So I think that there's there's differences there. Um, But, uh, you know, I mean, and, and also and I think I just think that there's a big difference between policy disagreements and a person who's a literal fascist. Um, and, and, again, I, I don't want to get too far into this because, frankly, I just mm-hmm. think the, the far left on this has been so out to lunch that I just I, I really have very little patience for the damage that they did as much as anyone else. The main enemy here, of course, is the far right. That's the main enemy. And, uh, and to the extent that Trump represents that, that's fine. Um, but I think it's been a little odd to see the the left's continual insistence that they don't bear some significant responsibility for the horrific nightmare that they see now and I don't really understand why that is, um, in you know, completely. I, I I just I feel like there's this weird as, as part reduction of, the left, of do effect. Do you mean like you know?
3: Hillary Clinton's campaign taking also culpability for the shitty campaign that they ran?
0: I just don't agree with you that they ran a shitty campaign. I think they ran a very good campaign. I think did that they go they, to Wisconsin. Uh, they did they go to Pennsylvania and hang out there for two months and it made no difference to the final outcome. Yes. This is the problem with the argument about they should have gone to Wisconsin and camped out. They went to Pennsylvania and camped out, and they lost Pennsylvania. And you know why they lost it? Because the election was partially hacked. Because there was a twenty-year attempt to make Hillary Clinton yeah, into I mean, a demon witch the that isn't that they true. Lost is because and then because labor
3: unions used to vote Democratic and. There are no labor unions anymore. And so the people that used to belong to labor unions vote Republican now because they got screwed over by the party that they were supporting. And that is, that is that what you know, it is. Huge, or is there another? Yeah, reason I think that is exactly it. It, there's this huge swath of middle to lower class, you know, blue collar Americans who used to vote Democrat every election. And then they found their lives slowly deteriorating and they just switched sides, not because of any particular candidate, but just because they're like, well, this didn't work us, and they're saying the same thing that they said the last time, and our lives are getting worse, and so we're going to do the other thing now.
0: Yeah, you know, that's not that's not borne out by the, by the facts, though. You realize that the average Trump supporter was actually upper-middle class, and the reason that they voted against them had nothing to do with the fact that they were losing their unions. It had everything to do that they were tired of having to be told what to do by women and black people. This was a racist election, it was a racist electorate, and it was a sexist electorate on top of it. And it was kind of a humiliating embarrassment that what we got instead was lots of talk about, uh, you know, middle class policies and corporations and the 1% when what it really came down to was a full scale, full scale repudiation of the people who were getting to be too uppity, i.e. blacks and women. So uh, I, I just I just I, reject utterly, I mean, utterly the, the, the sort of class structure. From, which from is my
3: just, point of view, which is admittedly somewhat to the outside of the mainstream on this. Yeah. Um, I hear a lot of the same things from both of the majority parties about this. And what I hear from the center left is a lot of isms. Uh, it seems like the debate can't be about anything other than isms. And maybe it was. Maybe that was the whole election was, was isms. Um, but I, I tend to think that, you know, the old adage, it's the economy stupid, James Carville's thing, um, moves people at the end of the day, more than isms do. And that, I mean, I think that a lot of this racist tension that's going on is being intentionally stoked by both sides because they want to drive wedge issues that separate people rather than, uh, I mean, I think, you know, Bernie did a great job of trying to bridge the gap and going, look, you know, we have disagreements on this issue. We have disagreements on that issue. Everybody wants a wage that is livable. Everyone wants, Healthcare care that's affordable. Everyone wants an education for their kids. Whether you believe that a Robert E. Lee statue should be in a certain place or you don't, um, that's not the priority in the life that you're living. For almost nobody, well, almost nobody thinks about Sanders. that above all of the issues of you know making a living and surviving and having a family and having a job and living in a society. So uh, I, I think that those issues are stoked, but I don't ever think that those are like primary voting issues for families. Families are just like, what's what's going to help my family? What what po- and like maybe they get it wrong for sure maybe they're undereducated or underinformed or they're fooled by the title of a thing that has nothing to do with the subject matter of a thing like i'll give you that all day long that is part and parcel of our electoral illiteracy which you know is a huge problem but just to say that a whole you know however many people it was 40 million 50 million people that didn't vote your way are all some belong to some ism and are unsalvageable you know non-people i think is just as bad as them saying that all of left people are snowflakes or that you know or or bias in their own way i just think it doesn't get to the heart of it at all
0: okay i mean i, I just you know i completely completely disagree i couldn't disagree anymore i think it's i think the uh I think that first of all, I don't. You know, the the equivalence that you're talking about reminds me a whole lot of both sides do it when it comes to Charlottesville. Um, it it is there's
3: nothing. Right, but more... the, the equivalence is also not 50 million people uh, really want to belong to the Ku Klux Klan. Well, you I know what? I don't think that's the case at all. If the shoe if the yeah, if I'm the shoe fits,
2: Obama.
0: if the and you you realize you realize that you can still have voted for Obama and be a racist, right? You realize that yes, a lot of you're people are probably did vote not in the KKK.
2: Racists. I'm going to go out on a limb and you know say what not a lot of KKK members or like incorrigible, like I am a racist in some ways. Right. You are a racist. We are all racist in some ways. Like, absolutely. People who are institutionally or incidentally racist or have some racist tendencies or think some racist jokes are funny. Certainly yeah. voted. Like I, for instance, think I think. I think KKK Korean women
3: are exceptionally good looking. So that right. is one of my racist Yeah, tendencies.
2: Like, I don't think that KKK <laughs> members voted for Obama and were like, you know, well, uh, I do, you know, march and meet secretly to talk about lynching black people. But this one black guy I really like and I want him to run the country. Like, I just don't think that happened. I'm sorry. No. And I don't think that they all flipped into being incorrigible racist because... They saw eight years of a black presidency and then totally turned around.
0: I mean, I I just think that's I think that's honestly exactly what happened. And I think that, frankly, none of us here as three white men have any idea whatsoever what my students who are African American live on a daily basis. I frankly you wouldn't know the first thing about what they think about and I promise you it's not about wage. It's about whether they can get home without being arrested by the police thrown into jail or murdered on a daily basis. If We want to talk about murder. Murdered on a daily basis while people continue to debate whether we should have a higher marginal tax policy. That's the way they see it. That's why people of color continue to vote in enormous numbers. They're very practical voters. They continue to vote in enormous numbers for people that they hope will murder them less. But the idea that blacks sit there and think to themselves, I think, Russ, I think that's exactly what they think about. I think every time when they go past the the statue, they are thinking exactly about what it says about a society that doesn't give a damn about this. Or the idea that the only time it becomes identity politics, apparently, is when people bring up that they really wish that they would stop getting murdered, that black people would stop getting murdered. Then suddenly it's identity politics. Then it's, why should we allow this to happen? You know, we can watch a, uh, we can watch, you know, Colin Kaepernick, take a knee and do literally nothing else. Take a knee and that's it. But now he's out of football and can't get a job and can't get a position. The reason is not because they were protesting the amount of money he had. Certainly his money didn't buy him any improved access. Certainly his money didn't get him any kind of benefit. When James Blake, a multi-million dollar African-American tennis athlete in New York City was tackled outside the apartment of his own place, thrown to the ground bodily and handcuffed because they had heard that a black man fitting his description, by which we mean black. The black man was actually taller and bigger, and it turned out it wasn't even that black guy, also wasn't guilty of the crime they thought. But regardless, James Blake was thrown to the ground as a guy who has more money than any of the three of us are likely ever to have in our lives. Money did not one whit for him.
3: Well, because when I people look at him, from, it's from not the color, point of view of someone who, considered by these groups that we're talking about, is not white, because that is their point of view that I'm not a white person, um, I can tell you this uh, I still, you know, believe that a quarter of the country doesn't identify with that group's beliefs. And I also know a huge populace of, for instance, Jewish Americans who voted Republican, not because those Jewish Americans are secretly wanting to belong to the Ku Klux Klan and hate themselves, but because they believed in pro-business policies. And that was really the beginning and the end of it. And they just wanted lower taxes and pro-business policies and less environmental regulations, and I don't agree with any of those things, but I also don't want to lump them in and go, well, yeah, they're probably white nationalists too, because they're not, and, you know, if the only way that you can get out of that accusation is by claiming some kind of oppression, then there you go, then this is a group that was specifically oppressed for a specific reason, is specifically not welcome into the white nationalist group and voted for the Republicans anyway.
0: I mean, I don't know you. You know, I don't know what the percentages are. I'm pretty confident that the vast majority of Jewish American voters did not vote Republican. I mean, there may be a a big chunk, but a huge swath did, though. A
3: huge amount. Well, what is is
0: a huge swath? Fifteen percent, twenty percent. Let me look it up. Because I'm betting it's not going to be some massive, like, 55-45, I mean, and I imagine there was also some pro-Israel stuff going on there as well, because Trump was seen, you know, as being a much more pro-Netanyahu guy, a guy who has his own problems with race, Um, you know, being a much more pro-Netanyahu guy than Obama was, which is true, because Obama didn't walk around waving his racism like a flag, the way Trump does, so you know i mean that may have been part of it as well but i you know i'm sorry i mean again it's it's i don't i don't necessarily need want to get into the straw man argument of saying all of them think of themselves as white nationalists but i have gotten to the stage where i'm ju- i'm sorry i just don't go along with the idea if you're enabling nazis You end up becoming a brown shirt enabler for the Nazis. It doesn't matter if you nicely smile and say, this is what I believe at other times. The reality is that they voted for a guy knowing full well of this guy's personal history. They bear the responsibility for that. And I'm not going to turn around and blame the person who warned everyone in Hillary Clinton for months upon months upon months upon months that this guy was going to be just as bad as everyone thought, that this guy was going to bring in white nationalists and all of this stuff. Steve Bannon had a connection with Trump for months before the election took place. And that person was the only person, you know, in sort of politics that was yelling, screaming about it, and got utterly and roundly ignored. And, and so, and again, also, you know, that's also, not on her. Hold on. Let's not on also
3: her. not forget that the DNC fell all over itself to promote Donald Trump as the lead Republican candidate.
0: Right. And the, I think I, I, that, I certainly agree on with that purpose agree.
3: because yeah, they agree. knew that he was a buffoon and they couldn't imagine a scenario where he would win. Right. And so they, they played Russian roulette, no pun intended. Right. I and agree.
0: I agree with that entirely. They moved I, him
3: to the front of the pack. We could have had a Kasich or some No, no, no. I agree with you. Person. I
0: agree with you entirely about that because he is a buffoon who should have lost by overwhelming margins. But again, a perfect storm of variety of <laughs> events, including widespread Russian hacking, Russian hacking, you know, and a lot of an election, which I think is suspect in many states. Very so suspect.
3: Just, just to answer your question, so. uh, it was seventy-one twenty-four. 24 in favor of Democrats. That's what I would have guessed. Jesus. That's what I would have guessed.
0: So I mean, you know, 24 is definitely a, a significant percentage, though, I would agree with you that it wasn't some fringe. But again, I, I, you know, I don't think, again, I don't think the argument is, for me, is that they need to be, uh, they need to walk around and say that I want to be KKK supporters. But there were a lot of people in Germany who, as you know, who did not walk around with swastikas on their on their sides bootstepping and saying that they were proud members of the SS, but they also smiled and turned the other way when people were loaded into the trains. And you know that from your own family history way better than I do. So th- this, this is an entire systemic thing of people who either enable it or allow it to happen or for which it doesn't matter. And at best, the people who walked in and threw the lever for him on that day had apparently not enough of a problem with the fact that he was an avowed racist, And uh, a horrific sexist, like, like, let's not even get into that, um, and was a buffoon and incompetent and possibly demented. And they had to be okay with all of that as they walked into the voting booth. That is on them. It's on every one of them, not the person who had given them a legitimate alternative. And... In my opinion, that was a legitimate alternative, without question. So, I so sorry. I'm just, and I've seen I mean, too many of my friends in the speculative also, fiction community get hurt. I also hurt think that, like by this, like, to NBC know. is as culpable
3: for any of this as Russian I as sure. the DNC. I agree with just, you. I agree. They, you know, they yes, agree. They, they promoted the culture of reality television. They made this man yep. uh, a huge celebrity. They gave him. Uh, this sense of competency because he's the CEO on this television show I agree. so clearly he can make business decisions I totally agree with you yeah um, yep. but that you know that that's a much deeper kind of cultural problem that we have that we we glorify the wrong things Agreed. that our values are upended and so you know this is why Mark Zuckerberg thinks he's going to be the next president I know And Mark Cuban, like, I mean, he really might, you know,
2: don't count out at all, (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. You know what, I
0: can't get a read on for that. You know, you and you're by the way, Russ, you're 100% right about that. I agree. In fact, I'd say it's larger than NBC, right? I'd say it's, you know, most of the mainstream media. And it's only it's funny that it took this to sort of wake up a lot of the fourth estate so that you now have these people that are hammering uh, you know, like and, and also people who've done good work, like The Washington Post, which has done actual investigative reporting for months now. Um, so I, I you know, but I agree with you, the mainstream media bears a huge responsibility for that. Sure. And we've talked about celebrity culture and how terrible it was. We were calling the, you know, sounding the alarm on that years ago. So I'm with you on that for sure. I, I wonder about this sort of Zuckerberg. Mark Cuban is another person that keeps coming up. And I wonder if that's just sort of the media desperately looking for other things because sort of everyone acknowledges like this guy is a horrific buffoon and we don't know what to do with him. So, you know, who could be an alternative for that? I do yeah, wonder well, if, if it, it, it's all the more at, dangerous you know?
3: that a sociopath who actually knows how to, you know, politic and have some public speaking skills could be the next president. Right. I agree because with you. What they'll right. look like in comparison. I agree.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's, And that's one of the reasons why it is encouraging. And I'm with story on this. It is encouraging to see, like, I, there are a lot of people who sort of laughed about the resistance, but the resistance is a real thing. Like, the the amount of effort and influence and sort of the response has been very heartening. Um, you know, that, that I've been very happy to see. Um, and it's, it's, that is, and it's, and it has been sustained, you know, it is not the kind of thing that people got really angry, and then over a few months, like, they didn't do that. In fact, if anything, I find that social media has had an impact on this. I wondered what you guys thought about this, actually. I don't know if you saw that uh, there are a bunch of these, so the neo-Nazi websites, you know, like the Daily Stormer and stuff like that, have now gone dark because all of the uh, major web companies have basically pulled support for them, by which we mean, they, will, they literally won't assign a domain to them. And so you can say, well, they can just go into the dark web. But the problem is the dark web is frankly not easy to access for people who are like... If you wanted to, Russ, you could access it. Not that you would, but you could because you have, you have knowledge. Bitcoin, to do it. Russ, you can do anything. Now. You know what I mean? Now, a have, of you have industry. You have okay. basic. <laughs> you have basic knowledge. I mean, your Bitcoin knowledge alone. Now, you know what I'm saying, right? Like you, you have a certain technical knowledge that most people who are these mouth breathers are not going to be able to be like, how do I get to the dark web? You know, so those and when remember when it becomes less easy a lot of these people drop away which is why this nazi rally was supposed to happen in boston when like twenty thousand counter protesters showed up the you know the neo-nazis gave up immediately because they're like they're not actually going to take up arms they're not actually going to go march because they're lazy pieces of shit and they don't they're not particularly bright and they're cowards at heart so that was encouraging to me but i wonder if if you think that like if there's a if there's a way to push more of these media companies to do that, and/or is there a chilling effect that that has that you guys are concerned about? I was particularly thinking about you, Russ, on the the free speech side of things. Because I was wondering about one one thing that I thought, uh, which is related to what you're talking about, which is interesting, was that, you know,
3: the ACLU historically has been defending uh, groups like this. and the Right. To have a permit to march. And they usually will go to court if a city rejects a permit and say, well, you have to let these people speak, even if they're white nationalists, because that's what free speech is about. Um, And even the ACLU recently has had to moderate their stance. And they said, well, look, if you ask us. (laughs) To advocate for you, then you can't march with guns for whatever cause that you are supporting because we recognize that uh, an instigation to violence is probably not something that we're going to, you know, support your right to right. to protect. So even them, who are the ultimate, the ultimate defenders of free speech, have pulled back on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... I mean, I get the passion behind the whole, like, go punch a Nazi right. social media right. trope and all that stuff. But I also, am a little bit, I'm a little bit worried that that breaks down very easily into, well, I'm going to punch an Antifa person, or right. I'm going to punch a socialist, or I'm going to punch, right. You know, a Bernie bro. If I think that they're in the way of whatever future we're trying to craft for whoever we are making right. that statement. So Yes, that, that worries me for sure.
0: I mean, they had like a they have sort of the fine line that they've established of like, but not Nazis, like there's Nazis and there's everyone else. And I guess on the one side, that's sort of reasonable to establish that line. But it, it does sort of provide some interesting issues, because I thought to jump to story for a minute. I thought about story when I was watching the whole punch Nazis thing because I because yeah. it's funny there's <laughs> like it's like there's two groups it seems to me or I mean more than that but two groups in this particular regard on the, on the farther left let's say Mm-mm. that one side is the very sort of strongly pacifist side and the other side are like this is the second time I'm going to swear fuck all the Nazis right, right. and like and if and they're just basically like we don't care like they more or less would advocate no we think you should just shoot and kill Nazis like we sent people oh, in World War II to yeah. kill Nazis and you should kill more Nazis so I'm pretty clear I'm pretty sure that you were not on this train story but I'm right. wondering like I'm pretty sure you're off that train
2: but I'm, I'm wondering like Zimmy on 9-11 who was like yeah. well now you're not a pacifist right right, right. Like, <laughs> no like, exactly exactly pac- no
0: but I totally thought about you and I'm like oh, I bet I know where this is going but so right. you're obviously not going to be on that train but my sure. question then would be where do you like when you're talking to people who otherwise would be your allies in mm-hmm. many regards right like right. where do you sort of come down like do you like for example if the Nazis say You do not have a fundamental right to exist. We will just eliminate you. Can you nonviolent them out of that? You know, can you can you sort of stand up against that? Um, Because I don't know, I just was thinking quite a bit about the impact of this. I think I come down more on your side about that, that we cannot go around punching people because it just confuses things too much. But anyway...
2: Right. I mean, I like what the ACLU did with this, you know, which is maybe a roundabout way of answering your question. Like, obviously, I I don't support punching Nazis or punching anybody. Um, And I like what the ACLU did about this. You know, as I understand it, the distinction they made was less about ideology with Nazis and more about, you know, they were going to stop defending or advocating for rallies where people... Brought guns. Right. Um, And I think that's brilliant because that is a separate, like, there is a very different issue. And as someone who, by the way, like, drove and walked by, I mean, monument shit started here, right? The monument fight began in New Orleans. It was fought in New Orleans. I discussed it with people in Ubers in New Orleans. Like this, it, you know, this was, this was. Oh, yeah. round zero for that. And by
0: the way, quick note, Mitch Landrew, yeah. your mayor, is a very, he's very a impressive star. guy. He's pretty cool. Very pretty impressive cool. guy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go
2: on. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Um, if he could just get the pumps working, it would be great. <laughs> he's That's trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, I actually worried that this pumps was going to be his like Chris Christie bridge gate because he's clearly like priming himself. To make, a, you know, to make some sort of a run at something, you know, I'm not saying president next, but like to position himself to be able to get there fairly soon. Yeah, and that's, went viral and whatever. And, you know, I mean, I dude, know, his before-
0: speech on that was so impressive, was really though, good. like yeah, so really impressive.
2: Really, really good. Yeah, anyway. It was really good. It was it was brilliant. I think it actually changed some minds here. But, you know, the only reason New Orleans wasn't Charlottesville over the monuments is because, you know, New Orleans is not a conservative bastion and a good old boy's public. Right, like, right. All of the conservatives we have here are shipped in from out of town, which is where all the gun waving yep. Confederate advocates were, or they're 85 years old, you know, like right. the, the, the gentry that were on my old nonprofits board and stuff like that, that are, that are North of 70 are all still very conservative and super racist, but everyone else, you know, in new Orleans is, is pretty. Yeah, pretty about that. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, so yeah, so, you know, we had two months of the people with the Confederate flags and the guns can out and you know keeping a vigil and families like not being able to go out because there were all these guns and that is a very different message that is not a speech event right like you know and it's and it's difficult because first amendment and second amendment and the second amendment is supposed to be holy and we all know how we all feel about that but like <laughs> yeah. but, you know but but it is, it's true if you there is a huge difference between going to charlottesville wh- but whatever your ideology is whatever your belief is the, between going to the streets of Charlottesville or going to anybody's streets with signs and your your person and going with an arsenal of firearms. There's like whatever sure. you're selling, sure. whatever you believe. Agree. That is a huge message difference. And I think yep. the ACLU got it. Exa- you know, I don't always agree with the ACLU, but I think they got it exactly right in saying, you know what, if you're going with a bunch of firearms, you're actually making an intimidation and a threat And whatever you're advocating, you could be saying, you know, no more tomatoes, and you're making a huge threat. Well,
0: those people (laughs) are doing God's work. Let me just say. Like those people are doing God's
2: work. Right. You know, you go to a a tomato. Tomatoes are small and you say no more tomatoes, and you've all got AK forty sevens, like that is intimidation and that is threats, and that's not protected speech.
3: Right. Okay. So
2: um Maybe you're just really
3: proactive about your beliefs and you're just really ready to (laughs) end the tomatoes.
2: tomatoes. (laughs) um, But, but, you know, but as a pacifist, I, I look at what, you know, I'm like today's, you know, I mean, I often feel because I am so the only voice on this, like, I am the lone voice in a very wide wilderness, or one of three voices or something, so often. And I feel like so such an outsider. I mean, there's times that I look at, at Nazis, and I'm like, well, they've got friends who agree with them. Like, <laughs> I sure don't. You know, it's like, it's like when people talk about unfriending people over politics, and I'm like, well, I just wouldn't have any friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even started talking to you about how I feel about eating meat. Like, you know, you're calling me the monster and you, you know, like, like I just, you know, that's my only option. So it's like, right. you know, so I look at today's Nazis and it's like, well, that could be passive. you know, North Korea, North Korea lobs a nuke. And then pacifism is the new, you know, persona non grata you can't talk about your pacifist beliefs blue pyramid is defunded and and taken off you know so i definitely see as as an iconoclast and an outsider like, i definitely see the problems of that but obviously i think a huge distinction comes in violence but the violence doesn't justify a violent response any more than it does any other time uh,
3: i agree quick, and i'm, spe- I'm speaking, basically with you on that sure speaking of violence quick note i don't know if you guys caught the thread about how the left Out of nowhere has like embraced the insane clown posse because it turns out, oh, yeah, it turns out that the insane clown posse hate Nazis and like it's their squadron of goons that they need. So because I, I don't there were like two rallies that are I think it's upcoming in September. Like Insane Clown Posse has a rally like the same day in City that one of the white nationalist groups does. And so everyone is looking it's like it's like Clegane Bowl in Game of Thrones. Like everyone can't wait to see what happens when the white nationalists face off against the insane clown posse, who are apparently known for their goonism and the fact that they hate fascism, uh, and are just Weirdos who hate fascism. <laughs> so.
0: Jesus. I, I, you know, only... We, I love the fact that... You know, everyone talks about the fact that the onion gets outstripped all the time by reality. I love how only on our show, which has spent more than its fair share in satire... Do we have a scenario where we're in August 2017 and we're like, so maybe the insane clown posse can be allies again <laughs> like <laughs> like what the f-? I mean really? Like yeah, you know. Yeah, I know I did not actually see that. I feel like there's a certain bizarre quality though, not just I mean there's as you guys know, there's a bizarre quality to all of this as of late. But some of this like tiki torches really like they re- I I just I, I can you imagine being at the head of like the ceo of a company that makes tiki torches you have to assume that's not usually going to run into like politically sensitive matters too much right like you might have to worry about fire codes or whatever but you're probably not going to run into a situation where you have to literally come out with a statement we do not support Nazi beliefs because No one expected, like, we're going to go to Costco and we're going to get a bunch of tiki torches and then we're going to go march for white supremacy. Like, what the fuck? Hello? This is like the new
3: softened like penny loafer version of fascism i like, guess is so what it is, like i don't know? it's like kitschy it's 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 like good couture and fascism <laughs> like, <laughs> just...
2: oh my god i just I mean, you know what I it, it reminded it me of in a weird way which like not to make light of you know the awful people marching in Charlottesville, but like it reminds me of like now in co- at concerts instead of waving lighters around people wave their cell, phone their cell flashlights. phones yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's, it's like that exact kind of transformation and they're like where do we even get a pitchfork anymore? Yeah, we can't do that. Can you build a cross to burn it? No, I never took we shop. We have a pitchfork
0: well, app.
2: Yeah, and they're like sitting there at Walmart. Mm. and They're like, okay, yeah. we've got the guns at Walmart. We've got the ammo. We've got the body armor. Like, what else can we get? A Walmart shopping run. And it's like, well, these, these light up. Do you have forty thousand of them? Like I'm just you know, like
3: uh, can't find a pitchfork, but here, here's a garden weasel. How about that? But
0: can you imagine being the person who's working the counter, right? Who's working the, the cashier, right? Who's sitting there as they're coming up with carts full of tiki torches, all these guys dressed in button-down shirts or whatever, and they're you're like and it's like I assume it, you know, it's like dur- it's during the day, right? So it's probably like one PM in the and they're like uh, you need is like, yeah, I have a couple more cards for you. Okay. You're going to buy 5,000 Tiki torches. Yeah. Is that okay? I'd like to, you know, cause that's what they did. They didn't get these yeah. on Amazon. Like, I mean, no. <laughs> 5,000 T or whatever the number was. T- the Luau to what? end all Luau's. <laughs> I just don't even, yeah, I I feel like at some point, but of course, and it's funny too because I actually checked out um, on occasion. uh, I go into a place and then take a shower by looking into the alt right side of these things, Um, and the alt right, which you know just means white supremacist, nationalist, Nazi. Um, But the and they were basically yelling at these people because they were like they called it Nazi cosplay. And they're like, we're so tired of the Nazi cosplayers. They're like, it just sets the movement back and they're so dumb. And of course, there's no repudiation of the message because they they believe that they're in this existential fight against, uh, you know, the horrible tide of brown people. Which basically, to put not to put too fine a point on it, is essentially because they don't get to be as entitled as they used to be. Like, what they're mad about is not that they lose jobs. It's that they don't get to yell racist slurs at people they think took their jobs and then have people call them out on it. They don't like that. Right? They just want to be able to be racist without anyone saying anything. So that's what it really means. But anyway, so they're really mad at these people because they're like, you really ruined it. And they so they were going off on this big thing about the cosplay. So I was like, I guess in the right sort of twisted vision, cosplay is sort of like it's it's kind of this nerdy thing that doesn't really it's sort of amateur hour so if we say Nazi cosplay it's kind oh, of Greg, you're, you're going to start
3: triggering all my friends in LA if you start saying that about cosplay I'm not agree I don't agree <laughs> with them
0: I'm trying to think of, I'm telling you this is the right wing mind I don't agree with them I've seen some amazing cosplay I don't think of it that way I would also would I be know the last some professional person... cosplayers oh I believe be it's a. Ama- it's unbelievable No, I've seen unbelievable cosplay I mean I've also seen some bad cosplay but that's I've also seen bad writers and good writers I mean that uh, you know Um. no I've seen some amazing cosplay that's not me saying they're nerdy i'm just saying that was sort of the impression was they kept using it as this pejorative like nazi cosplay nazi cosplay so i was like i don't i don't, I don't know what to do with that but they're obviously mad that they I, s- I mean, said I mean, I, things wouldn't we love you know? it if people start dressing up
3: as emus in solidarity even if they didn't believe exactly <laughs> yes. the same things that we did I yes i think, think it was great
0: what and if they carry tiki torches even better no yeah i mean for sure i don't I you know I, I think I see sometimes this stuff like I just saw some um, one of the campaigns I run. Someone did. She's a professional cartoonist, but she's playing in the campaign and she did this art of all the characters. And it was amazing. I'm like, wow, that is the coolest thing. And I would think that even if some random person did some really crappy stick figure drawings, I would still think that it was really cool that they were thinking about it this way. But... Or
2: like pasted the CD of their recordings. Their <laughs> right. <show>. <laughs> I <laughs> like would think cat. that yeah. would be it's an adi- indication of history. their commitment. Yeah. That I mean, sort of thing. Yeah. You know?
0: Good. But but it's not. But, you know, apparently these guys are like, no, we we want them. They don't have the right look for the movement. Like they're all in a corporate boardroom deciding like how to brand Nazism for the 21st century.
2: Well, there's got to be infighting in every movement. Right. You got to you got to imagine. I know. guess.
0: But this is this seems really. Uh, yes. I mean, of course. But this seems yeah. to be particularly problematic because it's. It's yeah. sort of just, people who are bad just people case, yelling at other people. in case bad people, you doubt you know?
3: that there's infighting in every movement, I want to remind you that as a person on LA's Harry Potter improv team, that we have survived infighting? at least three sabotage attempts by the largest Harry Potter fan group in Los Angeles. Oh, please tell because, us Please
0: tell us right now. No, no, tell us all the gossip right now. Uh, please, um, I want to know about it.
3: So we, With names. you know, <laughs> we got pretty big. You know, we did some big shows yep. and we ran some big... Harry Potter themed events. At one point, we almost broke downtown LA by like wrapping 2000 people around this uh, very popular bookstore called The Last Bookstore. Yeah, um, remember. And so in the wake of this, the the previous uh, head honcho of the Harry Potter fan community known as the LADA, Los Angeles Dumbledore's Army. Um, <laughs> of course. Who we did everything we could to reach out to them. We invited them to our shows. We tried to coordinate you know, when we were had had our turn as the more popular Harry Potter entity, we wanted to co-produce events with them. They wanted nothing to do with us. They, like, heckled our shows. And then when, and I'm pretty sure this is true, although I, I still have yet to verify this completely. So we were invited by Barnes & Noble. Barnes & fucking Noble at the Grove, the biggest Barnes & Noble in the, the city, certainly, maybe the state. It's huge. To be, like, the headlining act at a uh, winter Yule ball event that they were hosting awesome and we were booked to do this thing. And like two days before the thing, we got contacted and we're like, Oh, we, uh, we received this letter from, uh, Warner brothers that asked if you, you know, please not, not allow them to do this performance since you're not officially affiliated with uh, JK Rowling and you're not part of Warner brothers. And so we were obviously crushed while, you know, that this all happened on no notice and everything. Um, And I like did so much private investigative work. I like went called up Warner Brothers. This doesn't sound like you at all. Not at all. The labyrinth of like every major (laughs) legal department. I went through the IPR department. I went to the like performative department. Like anyone who could have anything to do with this event or care. And I talked to every head of every legal department. Who were all very nice and very polite, and politely told me they had no idea what I was talking about. They had never heard of our team. They'd never heard of this event. Even if they had, they didn't see any reason why we couldn't perform at this thing because yeah, that doesn't
2: sound right. Like people, we're stuff all the time. Yeah, we're an
3: improv team. We're not like right. there to you know do readings of J.K. Rowling's books. Like we're as transformative a medium as you can imagine. We don't even oh, use the characters in the story. You know, right. we make up our own right. stories with our own characters that you know exist in a world similar to Harry Potter. So I go back to Barnes and Noble. So they're like corporate people and I'm like okay so I did my due diligence I talked to every person that mattered I even got a reference from Barnes and Noble to talk to this the private entourage of JK Rowling headquartered in London uh, I had to Give them I waited until 2 a.m. my time so that I could call them at their morning.
0: Did you call them and did they take you to Diagon Alley? And yeah, like, oh, did
2: you did the secret password. Did you do it through the flu network? <laughs> yes. They sent it like to you ch- by owl. Like, ch- yeah. Chocolate
3: frogs. I need to speak to someone. <laughs> chocolate frogs. Chocolate frogs. Uh and and they told me, they're like, it's fine. Here's a list of guidelines for performance and fan groups, as long as you meet these guidelines and don't use any of our official uh graphics in your imagery and you put a little disclaimer on your website saying that you're not an official representation of, you know, Warner Brothers or J.K. Rowling. It's fine. I'm like great. I go with this
2: dossier. I was going to say you take it. J.K signature. Yeah. The yeah. Print <laughs> and he, and he stuff. has it all
0: leather bound, right? It has all yeah. leather bound like as he brings it in like Yeah. I go back to Barnes and Noble and the this
3: lady in corporate who, you know, first of all, she wouldn't even give me the letter that she claimed to have received about that saying that we couldn't perform. And I'm like, well, I need to see this letter so I know who to contact and see what the problem was. So we can have a discussion about this." She's like, well, you'll have to speak to my legal team about that uh, because I can't just give that letter to you. I'm like, just, and then every attorney at Warner Brothers was like, really? They didn't give you the letter? We want to see the letter. Can you give right. us the
2: letter? <laughs> Who's we, we would all like to
3: see this letter that none of us <laughs> have written that, that doesn't exist. And so when I call back this executive from Barnes and Noble, she acts like I'm like a, like there to seize her car or something like that. Like she's like hiding (laughs) under her desk. She doesn't answer her phone. I'm, and you know how tenacious I am about stupid, stupid, meaningless things like no, this. No, no. You let I'm things like, go immediately. I, I'm so having
2: your coworkers. Like, it's getting in the way of your building your footprint for your actual improv. Team. Oh, of
0: course. No, no, no. This is not unreasonable at all. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. Well, it has right. nothing to do with the improv team anymore. It's just right. like, I know <laughs> yeah, I'm you right. you got to win.
3: <laughs> I know I'm right, and I'm going to prevail. This is ridiculous. I brought
0: down MLB, son. You know? Yeah, <laughs>
3: who's next? Like, honestly. And mm. I, I'm having her her own coworkers at the branch in I think Alabama where her Barnes and Noble is, where the corporate office is, where there's a store there. I'm having her coworkers like leave post-it notes on her desk, <sighs> like call back Russ. Call back Russ. <laughs> call him back. <laughs> Everybody in the store knows me. Oh. And <laughs> like she will not answer her phone. She will not return a voicemail. She throws it presumably throws away the post-it notes. And I just think. That somebody on the L.A.D.A. had a buddy at Barnes & Noble and they just
0: fabricated some letter so that to ruin to ruin our day so that we couldn't perform Barnes & Noble. Well, wait, though, this entire story that you've described leads me to say that this random woman in Alabama, I thought you were going to say, and the kicker, she's married to the head of the L.A.D.A., like because what like they this LADA has so much authority that they somehow got some woman in Alabama to go to the mat, like avoid no, you I think and
2: they just forged a letter protection, and now like...
0: Barnes and Noble is embarrassed that they have this fake letter
3: that they've been really loyal to. and So they just don't want to deal with it anymore.
2: So what is the origin of the feud? Like what started the LADA hating you guys? Because they suck um, more
0: than Russ's does. I assume. I think
2: they, they were at an early show of
3: ours, like maybe two two and a half years ago and you know how in an improv show, an audience gives a suggestion Uh and that's the inspiration for the being of an improv show. Uh Yep. I think, I think they gave, they tried to give a suggestion and then one of our teammates was a little bit like tut tut, like we haven't finished our introduction yet. Then we took the suggestion from the LADA people who were in the audience and then, and it was whatever typewriter, who cares? It was typewriter. And I don't think that they felt like the show that we did was typewritery enough for them. (laughs) So, which is not a thing. It's not a thing. It's improv. It's just an inspiration. It's a suggestion. You're inspired by it. You do a show. It's not like we're going to do a show devoted to typewriters for the next forty five minutes. This is not
0: the reason. The reason the feud began and they got upset is and they're just like they we have... don't like you. Right.
3: We're not going to promote your things. And we and I think you know also we probably threatened their dominance. At that's that point,
0: the that's the reason. Yeah. The reason yeah. is because they've never wrapped lines around the whatever bookstore you said with two thousand people. Like they've never buried Facebook. I mean. Like they're, you, you're kicking their ass is what it is. And, you know, and they're all aging now. They've already sort of aged out of the Harry Potter character. So they're just sort of sitting there lonely and realizing that it's, you know, Dumbledore or the head of the master ministry of magic or bust. And they're just, you know.
3: But it's even to the point where like, even on, you know, we try to participate in their Facebook groups and stuff. And if, if uh, we try to promote an event, like we're like, Hey, we're, we're headlining at the Grove bookstore for this thing they'll delete our post and someone from their group will be like, I wonder what we can do tonight. Well, I don't feel like going to the Grove. That seems too crowded. Where else can we go? That's not specifically the Bards and Noble at the Grove so that we don't run
0: into this other group. It's really, how big is this? I mean, do do they have any followers left? I think that you, just oh, yeah, thousands them, of they? members
3: large, like they, they're, you know, they're but you large. guys are bigger. Than, wait, how many members do you have? Like as far as, well, we don't have members. We have like, our currency is I don't know Facebook likes you know uh, or how many like people will show up to an event that we put on. So it's hard to say because we do shows. We don't do, we do some events, but most of them are shows. They're not just events where oh, unlimited amount of people
0: can show up. Wait a second though. How many people are actually like performers in LADA? Do you think they don't? They're not a performance group. What the flip are they? They're just a meetup group. This meetup group doesn't like you? (laughs) That's
2: why it didn't make sense to me, Greg. No, now it doesn't
0: make sense to me either. (laughs) Now I I don't understand. They're
2: they're Dumbledore's improv. They're just folks who like Harry Potter who shouldn't up. Like, that's what I don't... I thought this was an improv group that you were in a war
0: with, like another improv... Oh. No. No, okay, now I'm with Story. This makes no sense. Right? Yeah.
2: It doesn't make sense. It and this, this
0: is exactly what's wrong with America
3: right now. I think I <laughs> right? pin, pinpointed it is <laughs> that the internet is giving people too much power to organize into their tiny micro communities. And as a tiny micro community, part of their role is to hate all outsiders, no matter what they are or represent.
0: Right. Right. Wow. I am, I am just appalled. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I, that explains a whole lot though about why okay I mean I think that see that's the problem too cuz if you were if it was an improv group then you could challenge them karate kid 2 style yeah, exactly. um, and take them down in an epic moment that would that would ring throughout the ages instead it's like it's asymmetric right like you're out performing and they're like we will attack you with, with facebook not dislikes going. or not going right <laughs> we will we will give you the power stop that's so weird That would be like Goodreads getting angry at someone for doing a reading or something, or writing a book, or writing a book. (laughs) How dare you write a book? We're Goodreads. Like you're not even writer. What are you? You don't even. Oh my god, I see.
2: All right. Yeah, it's not another writer doing that. It's not like oh, I'm in a rivalry. I want to be the one to write the first Uber book. Right. Like, no, I don't think that you should be a writer of uber books oh, i don't God. want to do it it's,
3: no, it's, it's I don't a little care. bit it's a little care. bit like a critic getting into a feud with a writer right, which right. which doesn't also doesn't make sense on some level it's like yeah it's, it's apples and
0: oranges right it, it makes it makes very little sense and you're right and we actually talked about that like it's the i was on a panel that talked about that a couple of years ago that that's the problem is that it's an asymmetric relationship like we're not battling over for the soul of you know the people who are sort of judging between two equal entities, there are two in different states of two, they're two different conditions. Like a critic is not the same condition as a writer um, and, you know, vice versa. So um, I see. All right. Well, good. Well, I think now that we've called them out, uh, this LADA or as they like to call them LADA, um, I think LADA um, has been proven to be a scam. And I don't know whether Maybe we
2: should send them to Toastmasters. <laughs> yes that, and that would be
0: a good way to undercut nice. their actual ability to speak uh, hey <laughs>
3: You know, somebody in my facebook friend group um, put up a post a few months ago about how they received like the highest possible honor that toastmasters had to give and they won some giant comp- Chris, did, competition
0: did you link Toast. them our episode did you link them you link i could them? i didn't have
3: the heart to do yeah, it be i like die <laughs> yeah you guys not you, you know can't.
2: they're crispy
3: <laughs> obviously not somebody from one of our public speaking circles no right,
0: no right. i would Clearly. think not yeah. Oh man! Uh, some clown. Some clown, and uh, literally, really... he's a he's a. Clown. He's literally. I, I, actually, f- I figured that's. He's what you're literally a clown. Yeah. Clown will <laughs> leave me. Probably same guy. But
2: we are anti cosplay, so we, we... are.
0: Uh, we are no, we're not. Oh, pe- know, those I bad know. people <laughs> are the just bad people. To start fires. <laughs>
2: I just wanted to. Stick I
0: need it. a fire. I'm I don't want Lada against, no against me. Water. I don't want Lada against me Yes so uh, believe it or not gentlemen We have reached the end of an hour And before a story does have to float away uh, we want to make sure that we uh, give him a chance to get to higher ground. Uh, yeah. If you enjoyed what you, saw on, uh, what you saw, you didn't see anything. If you enjoyed what you heard, though, <laughs> on here, please check us out at MepReport.com, which is thanks to Russ and his tenaciousness, uh, his tenacious D, as it were, uh, managed to take down uh, the malware that was trying to infect our site. So we are back up and running, and uh, we will try to get a few more shows in by the end of the year. I think we can probably promise that at the least. Um, but check us out at MepReport.com. Please check us out on our Facebook page as well, and And yeah, and please let us know what you think about um, Nazi cosplay and whether or not uh, LADA is uh, not an organization you should listen to. Say goodbye. Oh, yeah.
3: Nazi cosplay and Harry Potter cosplay. How much crossover is right there? That's that's
2: borderline.
3: (laughs) the Venn diagram exists
1: and it's one guy he was chasing a female he knew she can't fly but I'm telling you she can run the pants of a kangaroo she can't fly but I'm telling you she can run the pants of a kangaroo Well, there is a moral to this ditty. Um, da da da. Crash can sing, but he ain't pretty. Um, but da da da. Duck can swim, but he can't sing. Nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the fence on the kangaroo. <laughs> well, the cook-a-bar laughed, and he said, "It's true." Um, da da da